0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Locked on Bucks, presented by BrewHoop.com. Frank Madden and Eric Name joining you on this lovely November off day where uh, we have a couple days off to enjoy the Milwaukee Bucks having a winning record. Uh, Take a screenshot of it. Hopefully it lasts. But uh, two road games coming up this week, uh, Atlanta and Miami uh and then uh i guess the next home game is the warriors game yeah and uh we are brought to you today by seat geek be sure to download the mobile app use our promo code lo bucks to get a 20 dollars rebate on your first purchase and you're you're gonna want that because i tell you what that warriors game is actually a hot ticket we we're bitching and moaning about uh people not going to games despite tickets being really cheap against the Pelicans. And uh, let's just say people want to go see Steph Curry. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but today, we're going to talk about uh, a topic that we haven't really touched on, which is uh, the Bucks' rookies. We've we've touched on Malcolm Brogdon a little bit. Uh, Eric, you've expressed your fascination with Malcolm Brogdon for, I guess, both his game as well as the perception of Malcolm Talk to me about Malcolm Brogdon, Eric. You are fascinated by Malcolm Brogdon, are you not?
1: 100% correct. I am fascinated by Malcolm Brogdon. And, oh, man, it's – I'm trying to figure out how to sum it all up. But I guess coming into the season, we all heard, all right, this is a smart guy. He knows how to play the game. He could cover anywhere from one to three. He's going to do all these things you're going to like and – The pessimistic Bucks fan inside of me said, ha, yeah, I don't believe you. Um, And then Michael Carter-Williams gets traded, and we're kind of led to believe that, okay, Malcolm Brogdon is just going to fill in there at backup point guard. And again, the pessimist in me thought, whoa, this is a lot of responsibility to give to a second-round pick because a lot of the times if you are a second-round pick, there's a reason for you to be a second round pick so that occurred and during the preseason malcolm looked good uh, during the summer league we talked about his insane assist to turnover ratio and throughout all of these all these landmark times as we kept going he kept looking good and again the past missed him he thought this this can't continue and it has and he's continued to be great for the bucks and Uh, Again, he, he helped down the stretch. Um, I tweeted out the quote about him uh, from Giannis after the game and Giannis talking about how uh, it's unbelievable that Malcolm is so fricking mature and it's just, it's just unbelievable. And they, they don't view him as a rookie. Giannis thinks of him as a 10 year veteran. And again, I just can't, can't bring myself to accept this i am a questioner of things um so i guess part of me since the like of so many people liked him before the season i kept thinking okay is is this people wanting to like him because on his surface there's a lot of things that you should like about him that he he's long he can defend a couple positions he's a smart guy (laughs) very um, presidential very presidential um able to take care of the ball uh, pretty nice handle on the ball, uh solid passer, S- and the, all those things are, are good things. And then I... Good,
0: good grasp of foreign policy issues. Right?
1: <laughs> Correct. Uh, so you see all those things and you think, okay, this guy can play, he's good. And again, I, I just find myself questioning it. And then I, I do wonder if the praise of him is a bit effusive, uh, just because... Uh, second rounder this isn't supposed to happen to the Bucs. this they they aren't supposed to be able to to have this and again i just keep fighting that pessimist inside of me um and and i guess when i look at it i'm finding fewer and fewer reasons to think that i shouldn't not completely <laughs> Love his game and should not want to see him all the time and want to see him on the floor and want to see the Bucks use him in as many ways as possible. And I'm struggling with those feelings, Frank. Help me out. Well, I, I think as a starting point,
0: I think Malcolm Brogdon benefits from the same thing that Matthew Dalvadova benefits from, which is that the job requirements of a point guard in Milwaukee are let's just say more more modest, more different. You know, you're basically asked to be Trent Dilfer, game manager. <laughs> um, not really. You know, the, Milwaukee's like the. You know, I, I mean, I was gonna say in Cleveland, but not even Cleveland because they're spoiled with Kyrie. But the Bucks are probably the the easiest place to be a an unexplosive, not big scoring point guard as long as because you you've shoot. got Giannis taking up pressure and expectation. Yeah. And, you know, that's really the only, you know, in in terms of living up to uh, the expectation or hopes of Bucks point guards, that's really the only thing that Brogdon has that big question mark. And, you know, we talked about it a lot coming into the preseason and we, you know, in Vegas, we talked about in preseason, we talked about coming to regular season, you know, his shot doesn't look that great out to the three point line. Um, You know, he's been okay, 31 percent, five out of 16 so far. Uh, you know, we were discussing uh, the other night that he turned down a couple of threes that, that ended in shot clock violations, which made us sad. But then he did hit a big three in the fourth quarter um, showing less hesitation. And uh, I was just looking at a shot chart. He has taken a grand total of three long twos all year. So I will say that I certainly appreciate that, that he's not, you know, sort of, you know, cause he was a good college three point shooter, 39% last year. So, uh, you know, sometimes the, the tendency is to fall back on that and say, Oh, okay, well I'm comfortable out to that line. So I'm going to shoot, you know, long twos cause I feel better about that range. And you know, obviously we, we don't like those shots so much, but mm-hmm. he hasn't done that. He hasn't shot long twos. Uh, you know, he, he's only shot 50% sort of around the basket. Hasn't been, you know, a great finisher. Um, but he's a really good cutter. I feel like every game he makes at least one good cut that gets, gets himself layup. Um, just generally play smart. I mean, both him and Delhi have had some some bad turnovers that are kind of like, oh, dude, really, seriously, <laughs> trip all over like that. Um, but for the most part, uh, you know, statistically, he's outplayed Delhi. He um, he he's got you know a PER of almost 15. Uh, true shooting percentage is kind of maybe a hair below average at 52.5%, which is pretty much the same as Dele's. Um and he's actually been uh, the Bucks' best pick and roll finisher. Um, I don't have the data on assists out of pick and rolls, which you know that probably would fit. You know that's probably where Delhi shines more. He was, I think, the best in the league in terms of teammates' shooting percentage out of uh, pick and roll passes last year. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what those numbers are this year. Um, but you know his plus minus has been terrific this year. delhi has been a negative. Brogdon's been a positive. Uh, and he's shown, you know, that kind of maturity that that everybody kind of said he would have. So, I don't know. I mean, he's a guy that I, you know, to see a lot of upside in him. Well, I could see him becoming a more consistent three point shooter, I guess. Um, probably because of the point, he has not taken very many corner threes this year, which would probably be, you know, bad for his range, given he's not used to being a stretched out to the the NBA line. But, um, you know, he's been he's been good and. I think he's been steady, which has been important for the Bucks. And um, I thought that you you were looking up some interesting stats on that topic and, and why, you know, that sort of veteran savvy, maybe in terms of like, especially in crunch time, he's been really good.
1: Yeah. And I, I guess the one thing I, I always think about is there's been a couple games now and I don't know. I don't couple obviously is not a very specific term, but there has been times where I've watched Malcolm Brogdon in the first half, maybe even sometimes in the third quarter and thought, Ooh, Malcolm is not having a good game. And it, and it is after one of those turnovers you mentioned where it's just like, you're too good to do that. Like, there's no way that you just made that turnover or it's when he doesn't realize that the shot clock is running down. And, I'm thinking to myself, man, that's a pretty rough spot there from Malcolm. Or maybe it's one of those where he just can't turn the corner on someone and ends up having to throw up uh, an awkward shot at the rim and it ends up being an empty-ish, an emptyish possession for the Bucks. And those things always stick in my mind. And then, sure enough, when he comes in in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, those mistakes aren't there. And it was funny. I was just looking at like his net rating per quarter. um, And in the first quarter, uh, he's averaging four and a half minutes in the first quarter. It's a modest 2.7 net rating. Uh, His offense rating is 112 defensive rating, 110. Uh, Then when you go to the second quarter, his offensive rating is 93.9 in five and a half minutes. Uh, and his defensive rating is 96. And then when you go to the third quarter, all of a sudden that net rating's back up to 11. And again, only three and a half minutes there for him. But then the fourth quarter, where he's getting currently the most minutes he's getting, seven and a half minutes in each fourth quarter, his net rating is 10. So it it's just funny to me that I I always think that when people think of Bucks second rounders there's obviously more of a focus on the positive than the negative, because you want this guy to succeed. If the bucks hit on a second rounder, that is a good sign. That is a good, that is a good thing for the organization. And that should make you feel good about the organization you're cheering for that. They were able to hit on a second rounder. Uh, and to me, though, that shot clock violation sticks out, that bad turnover sticks out, but he just keeps making plays late in games that make up for it. And, uh, again we're dealing with a super small sample size uh but there and who knows clutch can be a bit of a of a myth but it does seem that he makes the right plays when the right plays need to be made and that that should be a skill um i, I don't know There again just my brain getting pulled in multiple directions i don't know what to think
0: well if you're talking about clutch eric i'm gonna hit you with A hell of a segue here. We got to talk about Seakeek here quick. Clutch in terms of getting tickets, you're going to need Seakeek. We were talking the other week about how cheap it was to get into Bucks games. We were looking on the Seakeek app. I just brought it up here. I'm just looking at the games that are coming up. I thought this was kind of interesting. So, you know, as we tell you every week, all you need to get the cheapest deals on tickets to sporting events and concerts is that SeatGeek app. Uh, You get the $20 rebate if you use our promo code LOBUCKS. Uh, you'll get a $20 rebate after you bait, per- make your first ticket purchase and i thought it was a little interesting i was looking at the bucks and heat uh road game and the bucks and hawks road game mm-hmm. and uh it's interesting cuz the lower it seems like the lower bowl in miami for this bucks heat game is really expensive um they're actually actually they're both pretty expensive they're both like you can't get into the lower bowl for it seems like under um, oh wow! There's some random ones. There's there are two. I got every anybody in Miami who's a Bucks fan. I got a couple tickets for thirty-five bucks in the lower bowl. Everything else seems Whoa. to be over 100. That's so a hundred. So we, we got a we we got a deal. No, it, um, it's
1: funny you mention it because my my brothers, the, my whole family is going to the Carolinas for Christmas because. I mean, why would you stay in warm? Like, why would you stay in cold weather when you have family in warm weather? Um, so we're going down to the Carolinas. I was looking at tickets for uh, Hornets game. Uh, oh, that's got to be cheap, right? You would think so. The cheapest one in the lowest bowl was like in the lower bowl was seventy two, and that was in the end zone. And really? it was again, it was just like my mind was blown because I just look at the bucks on SeatGeek and see. Incredibly cheap tickets, so again, I think my worldview is very much skewed uh, because of what bucks tickets are and how cheap they are, but again, that's what three cities we just listed off where you're not going to find as good a deals as you're gonna find every single night for the bucks on the sea key gap you just you just won't find that anywhere else, especially because the bucks are
0: you know traditionally one of the least uh, interesting road teams that can go through a city which I have benefited from uh, last year when I went to see (laughs) the Rockets and Bucks. That was a great time to see them in January because the Rockets were terrible or super disappointing. They weren't terrible, but they were really disappointing. The Bucks obviously were nobody was interested in the Bucks. So I was able to get um, great, great tickets uh, to a game paid like, you know, 75 bucks or something like that for, um, you know, basically uh, along the sideline, you know, in like pretty, pretty good area. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this, though. Really interesting looking at SeatGeek for this Warriors-Bucks game. Um, Less green. Lots of green up in the upper bowl, but a lot less green in the lowers. So it tells you that it's a pretty hot ticket. So if you're interested in going, you're going to have to pay. Uh, (laughs) But check it out. And the cool thing is you can also – there's a little heart button. So you can just favorite an event. So even if you don't want to buy a ticket right now, you can just heart it. And then come back later if you want to see if the ticket prices go down and obviously like we were saying the the green and yellow and red dots are really helpful because it lets you kind of see where the best deals are and it's pulling, you know, the ticket prices from all these different websites so you know that, you know, there's you're if if a great deal is to be had, you're going to be able to find it in there whether you want the cheap seat or you want an expensive seat. So oh, um also, so anyway, when I was yeah. talking
1: to my brother, he uh so my brother lives overseas and apparently SeatGeek was, was like blocked there for whatever strange internet laws Malaysia has. And he asked me to check SeatGeek to see if the like the prices he was seeing on these other sites was the same or cheaper. And I was like, you idiot. SeatGeek checks them all. Like. You're not going to find a cheaper one. <laughs> does he
0: not listen to our podcast? Is it, that what-
1: no, he does, and that's why I was so offended. Like, when he told me, like, oh, can you check SeatGeek for me? Because, like, I can't look at it. Like, are the, uh, am I finding a cheaper deal somewhere? I'm like, no, you're not finding a cheaper de- Like, d- you haven't listened to one of my live reads? I, I, like, that really hurts me. Um, but, yeah, and also if you're looking for cheaper tickets for that Warriors game, you SeatGeek. Because you get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code, enter promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-B-U-C-K-S. And SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. That's L-O-B-U-C-K-S today. Frank, I had mentioned some clutch play from Malcolm Brogdon. Yes, and go see Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think I think ultimately I get a little annoyed when it's like, oh, these guys are just winners, you know. <laughs> you know, with Delhi, it's always like grit, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, but I think the impressive thing about Brogdon is, I mean, it's holding true so far. When he's off the court, the Bucs are minus 1.3, which isn't bad. Um, but when he's on the court, they're plus 5.8 points per 100, um, about 109 points for 103 points against, which is uh, obviously very good. And and we always, you know, people who listen to us all the time and listen to us on draft time, you know, always bring up the idea that, hey, being uh, being a rookie generally means that you're bad yeah. um, and you're not helping your team win basketball games. I mean, we saw that with Jabari. Um, it's still a process for him, as As talented as he is. I mean, he's still a negative player when he's on the court, despite the fact that he's playing with Giannis <laughs> so much of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, just barely. He's minus 1.0 this year. Uh, so it's a, it's definitely a process. Um, And it's also interesting, too, because so often these guys that are um, older players, like Buddy Heald, everybody's like, oh, Buddy Heald, he's NBA ready. Buddy Heald's been Garbage, you know, yeah. he's been terrible, and it doesn't mean that Buddy Heald is always going to be terrible, but there is a huge learning curve, regardless of whether you played four years in college or not. And you know, Draymond Green, four year player in college, obviously an all star now, he was complete garbage as a rookie, he like barely yeah. played, and his numbers were just terrible. So, I, I think people need to appreciate that you know, the fact that Brogdon is not just a solid rotation player, but one that actually. As of now, it seems to actually you know help you outscore the other guys, which is ultimately the whole point of basketball. Um, that's that's not common, and you know it's not to say that we haven't seen stuff like this before. Uh, you know, I think Nate Walters, you know, maybe not stylistically as much, but just in terms of a second rounder coming in and playing major rotation minutes and you know holding his own and everything, he's kind of maybe the the easiest guy to point out and and uh, certainly a cautionary tale just because obviously his kind of career went went off the rails pretty quick. Um, after that, maybe like first half season or so in Milwaukee. But, um, but I think, you know, yeah, Brogdon's been encouraging and, um, you know, he doesn't have to get much better. I don't think, I think really just if he improves his three point shot, I mean, he, he has no second gear or third gear or fourth gear. He's got one speed. He's not explosive. Um, but he's long armed. He's strong. And, uh, you know, he's smart, obviously. And, and if he can just more, you know, a bit more reliably hit hit those threes, that that would be definitely a positive thing. By the way, I just checked. Nate Walters in his rookie season had the best net rating on the Bucs. Uh, minus 1.8. That was the best in the 15 and 67 season. Um, they were minus 12 points per 100 with him off the court. Minus it- minus one point eight with him on the court. So Nader's going to Nate. <laughs> rest in peace why don't we talk about the guy that I mean we at least touch on Brogdon because he plays uh but why don't we why don't we talk about that other bucks rookie who happened to be picked 10th overall 26 spots ahead of Brogdon um I don't know what do we can is there anything we can even say about Thonmaker maker at this point do we think he might play this year we obviously were debating that in the preseason and so far he hasn't really played but is there some scenario where we think he might play this year?
1: Um I guess it all still depends on how likely or unlikely you think it is that the Bucks are going to make a move. Uh how likely is it that one of those three bigs is going to get traded? Uh how likely is it that I don't even I mean, you you don't want to think more injuries, but injuries are relatively commonplace in the NBA, so you have to assume there's gonna be some injuries or maybe he can get some run. Um it looks very difficult right now because honestly, when I see the Bucks' current—I don't even—12-man rotation, 11-man rotation. I don't know what you want to call it, but the, do you ever feel like this team needs some injuries?
0: <laughs> it's like I, I, don't I hate think that's to say crazy that at all. No, I don't. I hate to say it, but that's part. Of, I mean, that's a big reason why you know, and and I understand people want to see a tighter rotation or better definition, or they just want to see the guys they like play more. Um, but a big piece of why so many guys are playing is because everybody but chris middleton is healthy um yeah. and you know nobody wants injuries but you know if three guys were dinged up then it becomes a lot easier to to find that rotation so i don't know i i meant to say that last time but um didn't didn't get around to it so anyway i'm not wishing injury on anybody obviously but uh i i think it would be interesting just to you know if, if there were some injuries but the other thing is interesting about thon is that Hell, we talked about last time. Mirza Toledovic can can't even get consistent minutes. Yep. So if he can't get consistent minutes, and I don't think Thon Maker is, but uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if I mean John Henson is starting right now. Eric, your your preseason hey. argument that you should start John Henson, if for no other reason than to showcase him for a trade, uh, may be in effect right now. So I, I don't mean, know. Did we'll you see, see
1: Did you see the way the defense was moving with him the other night? Other 29 NBA GMs that listened to Lockdown Bucks? uh, On a string. On a string. They were moving, they were together. And I think you would have to attribute that to John Henson and no one else. Um, so just quarterback, just quarterbacking that defense, at least, at least from what I could tell, that was what seemed to be going on. Um, and if any, Bill
0: Russell, a Bill Russell like influence on that game.
1: Certainly. I didn't want to go there, but yes, Bill Russell ask maybe a little Ben Wallace as well, but he, he was there. <laughs> um, he was really making it happen. And hopefully all the other uh, NBA GMs get to hear this clip. Uh <laughs> But yeah, it it, the, it is interesting, especially when you watch some of these other teams that are really struggling, and I guess every single night that someone's coming to the Bradley Center this year, uh, the one thing I always make sure to check before the game is, okay, check the other team's injuries so you don't ask this coach about someone that's injured or something like that, because obviously that's embarrassing, that's stupid, and that'll get a coach not so happy with you um and every night i've checked thus far this season there has been injuries like there have been significant injuries to these teams that are coming into the bradley center and when you think about the bucks terry misses a couple games because of uh, uh the funeral of his grandmother and beyond that there really hasn't been much with the bucks and again obviously chris middleton injury hanging over the whole season and yes that's monstrous and huge but that those other smaller nagging injuries that occur in the nba all the time aren't haven't really happened thus far in those nine games and yeah it'll be interesting to see kind of how it plays out i guess one positive i take with thon from this season thus far is he appears to be well liked on the team um i I do think that can be a problem at times for a teenager on a team full of men, uh, obviously, the bucks have quite a bit of experience with it as they 've drafted a teenager what four years in a row now here Giannis you're your
0: just bucks. you're just begging for people in their cars and at work to be muttering to themselves about jokes about how he 's not really a teenager but I, let's just acknowledge that that people <laughs> people are all thinking that. <laughs> and that that's fine uh but yes he is well like he and last year there was kind of that like mascot like effect for Rashad Vaughn too yeah that guy seemed to really be rooting for him absolutely um and this year it seems like that's the same thing I mean he he was uh what wasn't it didn't he say after that the Pacers game when he hit the two threes that the kid asked the guys in the in the huddle like what they wanted to run or who they wanted to run the play for and you know, they said him and and uh, and it was and it was cool.
1: Rashad. Like Rashad was the the that's what they said. Or after the game, that's what Rashad said was that, uh, okay, we're all going in. We got a. I think maybe the shot clock was coming down in whatever situation, or maybe it was after timeout, and he asked, okay, who do we get the shot for? And Rashad was like, fine who else like we got we got to get Thon the shot and yeah so uh, that that's a good thing just because like i said if you're a younger guy on a team sometimes maybe vets might not like you and if you have as much hype as maybe thon has had and you're supposed to be the next great prospect or whatever it is as a seven footer who can do all these different things and has these long arms and can shoot threes and can handle the ball and can do all these things there could be some resentment and that doesn't that hasn't appeared to be an actual thing. So, so that's a positive. Obviously, him hitting shots was a positive as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure there's minutes now. Um, I was resolute in believing that he was going to get 800-plus this year. I think I might even cock it. Th- I think I was cocky enough to say 1,000 at one point on one of these podcasts. I'm a little bit scared now, but it could still happen.
0: Well, I mean, how can Jason Kidd not get a guy who currently has, um, I mean, you know, we always talk about how Giannis's numbers, if you, you project out Giannis's numbers over a full season, <laughs> they'd be the first in NBA history, well... No player in NBA history has ever had a PER of thirty-seven point four, and a true shooting percentage of ninety-two point two percent. But Facts. Thon Maker has that right now. So I don't know. Maybe they should put his uh, his season in bubble wrap and just you know not play him to to preserve those magic numbers. Which, <clears throat> of course, twelve minutes probably doesn't qualify you for anything. But um, but it is kind of funny uh, that uh, you know he he's in twenty-seven points and twenty and twenty-one rebounds per 36 minutes, I can Eric, live so, on those projections. I mean, I'm okay with that. <clears throat> I don't know how you can argue with that, yeah. In in all seriousness, seriousness though, it is a little weird. He, he's interesting to watch because his lack of strength is a problem. Um,
1: it is.
0: And uh, it, he doesn't, like, it, if you played him at center at this point, it would be... Effectively a very small lineup in the sense that his rebounding would would he would he would have a hard time holding up against you know big big strong NBA centers and I also it's a little weird I I noticed it a little bit in Vegas but for a guy whose combine numbers were some of the most explosive best you know vertical quickness all that stuff
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, for a seven footer ever. He, he seems kind of, I don't know what it is. Like he, it doesn't, he doesn't have, it doesn't seem to have like quick hops. He doesn't really strike me as, as being, he doesn't come off as like freakishly athletic. He comes off as very, very like quick and he runs really well, especially obviously for a sight. But, um, but that's kind of an interesting thing that I wonder as he gets stronger and works out with, you know, NBA strength and conditioning folks. I hope that maybe he can get, you know, that stronger base, stronger core and add some explosiveness. Like, I mean, Giannis is more, is definitely more explosive now than he was as, uh, as a, you know, a rookie, for instance, when he was, you know, really skinny. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping, and again, insert your joke here about how he's actually 23 and thus more mature or whatever <laughs> and physically, but, um, but obviously I think the bucks believe that he can add weight. That was, you know, part of the reason why they were willing to roll the dice even with, whatever uncertainty there may have been around his age and and stuff. So, um, so I don't know, it'll be interesting to see, but I think the fascinating thing is that he's, he's, he's looks like he's going to be a jump shooter. (laughs) And I'm curious, I'm curious if, um, ends up being kind of low efficiency because he is so perimeter oriented and Hmm. maybe doesn't, crash the boards and get as many easy buckets as you want um but i, I don't know i mean it's at this point it's you know projecting and from extrapolating from 12 minutes right so it's it's pretty hard to say yeah but i am i am curious to see how all that uh, kind of shakes out
1: i mean it, like when we talked with jonathan sharks the the idea kind of is and i think this is kind of what bucks fans have dreamed about is okay, he's going to be your five, and he is going to be a perimeter player. Um, But defensively, he can switch on guys. He can defend smaller guys, which we've seen him do a a little bit um, in the preseason. And, I mean, that kind of is ideal, um, as obviously you'd you'd like him to be a strong rebounder, but that just might not be the case. Um, And I guess as we talk about how much – we love Malcolm Brogdon. The love for Malcolm Brogdon is partially, at least, due to the fact that he fits what the Bucks need very well. He is able to handle playing off the ball. He is able to make smart plays. He is able to defend multiple positions. And those things are all exactly kind of what you need when you have such a strange lineup like the Bucks do. And if Malcolm Brogdon becomes an even better version of rookie Malcolm Brogdon. And if that idealized version of uh, Thawmaker comes to be, you're looking at guys that would make sense within the Bucks roster, especially with Giannis and Jabari and Chris Middleton. So it it, it it it's super fascinating. And I hope, I truly hope that we get to see more of it this season. Not just because I want my predictions to be right, but because I just want to see Thawmaker play.
0: Yeah, you want to see the Bucks trade John Henson now that they've implemented uh Operation Eric's uh preseason dream. Yep. Starting him. And uh not that Thon then immediately slots in for minutes every night, but obviously. He's um, in the mix. You know, if if he, yeah, he's maybe in the mix there. Um in, in non blowout situations. Uh the thing that I find interesting uh too with Thon and, and that shooting is you know, we've often sort of bemoaned the, the deliberateness or just sort of, I, I don't know, the the whole push push sets, um, corner series, offense, where you get a big man catching the ball, you know, 20 to 23 feet from the hoop and mm-hmm. um, then, you know, looking to pass and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, understandably, you know, when it's especially Plumlee and Henson who aren't good passers, it's kind of tough. Cause like, you know, why do you get a guy that far from the hoop and he can't shoot and he can't really pass? Well, like what the hell, what, what the hell is that, you know, for, for a way to initiate sets. But th- there was one play where, um, Giannis got a, took a, uh, came, came, came around and took a handoff, uh, from, I think it was Plum It was or Henson and, you know, drove to the hoop for a layup and you see plays like that. And you kind of realize like why, why teams like to do that. And, Part of it is because that action does force the other team's center to, you know, I mean, granted, the other team center could just stand way, you know, stand in the paint. But, you know, typically it draws them out a little bit and that, you know, can open up driving lanes uh, to get to the rim for guys like Giannis on, on like, for instance, a dribble handoff. And the cool thing with, you know, a guy like Thon, if you have a guy like Thon who's playing center, who actually is a legitimate threat from three point range. You can do different things because you don't need to necessarily do this gimmicky stuff where the center's handing the ball off and you know trying to initiate a set and whatever with mm. some thing that just doesn't look just doesn't look natural, you know. Um, and so I think it it'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm kind of tempted to, and I don't know if the you know Knicks are particularly using Kristaps Porzingis particularly ideally. Um, I don't think they've been very successful or tried too much to get him involved in uh, lineups where he's a center. But I think, you know, and, and not to say that, that Thon is like, oh, Thon's the next Chris Stapps. But, um, but I think in terms of usage, you know, guys who maybe start their careers as really tall NBA fives who like to stretch out and shoot threes, uh, who eventually you'd hope could become fives. I mean, Chris Dabbs, I think it's inevitable that he'll, he'll become uh, a five since yeah. he's, you know, it doesn't have the same strength issues. And I mean, he's seven friggin' three, like he's just enormous, um, yeah. fun, fun. We'll see, you know, I mean, you think he, he need definitely needs to get stronger, but I think it, it's something that I think will be fun to watch just to see how his perimeter shooting, uh, evolves. And obviously you hope that, um, well, I mean, he's hit two out of three so far. So, obviously he'll continue to hit 67 percent of his threes uh but it'll be interesting to see and I think it'll be a a fun thing and obviously if if you can get a guy like him on the court at the five um you know and and then Giannis is your only you know non-shooter basically assuming Jabari can continue to shoot okay um then stuff becomes very interesting so anyway we'll keep an eye out for it um we'll wrap it up here once again thanks to Eric for uh talking about his most fascinating topic of malcolm brogdon you're able to get that off your chest and thanks to our friends at SeatGeek, download the mobile app for the best deals on concert and sporting events and be sure to use our promo code l-o-b-u-c-k-s and get that 20 dollar rebate if you haven't already done it you'll want it against the warriors because uh the tickets are, are not as cheap, but anyway, thanks again. And, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll do a little bit of discussion previewing the back to back in Atlanta and Miami. And, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if the bucks can, can hang on to, uh, their, their 500 plus, uh, record here. Or, uh, if the Packers are going to make up some ground in the Wisconsin state <laughs> sports standings this week with, uh, with some bucks losses, but anyway, take care. I'll talk to you soon.